0: This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store.
1: Live from the bottom of the memory worm jar, it's... Um... Uh... Hmm. Doctor Who Podjock. <music> the Gallifran Embassy presents Doctor Who Podjock Episode two eighty-four.
2: Talk to them. They're silly.
3: They're silly.
0: here to help you yes if you have noticed that, um my, that clip may bring back memories to you that's uh from the snowman that was last year's doctor who christmas uh special and we'll be reviewing that in this episode of doctor who podchuck but before we do that let's um introduce everyone to everyone so um over to my right is my great uncle no um <laughs> <laughs> let's go to, across the pond first and we're going um, there's some choppy waters there and some brisk cold weather, but we'll we're going to bypass all that. Let's not talk about the weather. I've had enough weather talk. So, let's uh go to Dave AC Cooper. Hey Dave. You've got s- snow business asking for talks <laughs> <jokes> like that. <laughs> I guess I when I have to talk about the weather, it's it's the we're reviewing the snowman and then snow is involved. So, it's no avoiding it at least it's not a hurricane it'll, <laughs> yeah, it'll all end in tears that's all i can say <laughs> very good very good ah i i i can't follow that up but i'm gonna have to because i need to uh, <laughs> i need well, to introduce another fine gentleman and once again the illustrious Ian Bissett from from this from this side of the pond but south of me
1: it's good to be here uh Meta was wondering if you would need any grenades <laughs> Actually, she might have just said, help.
0: I, I didn't realize <laughs> you, you turned Santaron on us. <laughs>
1: yes, I'm the potato one.
0: Oh, we like potatoes.
1: <laughs> yes, I like potatoes when they're turned into fucking.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> and I'm Louis Trapani, at least that's what my underwear says, uh, so I'm assuming that's who I am, because um, I think I might have gotten bit by that memory worm as well, so... Um... <laughs> Actually, it was actually good... Memory worm. Yeah. What memory worm? What's a memory worm? Why, why are those gauntlets there? <laughs> I
1: don't know. It must be useful for something. Well,
0: as we record this, it's uh, it's actually the 13th of November, so when this goes out, it'll probably be a few days after that, and it should be, you know, people, people at least in the, in the U.S. are preparing for Thanksgiving. I know Canada already had their Thanksgiving, but... Um, In the U.S. traditionally, that's when people, you know, once Thanksgiving rolls around, aside from, um, you know, stores and whatever that start earlier, but puts people in mind of the the Christmas holiday. So um, since we need to kind of go back and review episodes that we missed while we were away, uh, what better episode right now to just in time for the holiday season is... um, is the Stoneman, which was um, last year, like I said, last year's Doctor Who uh, Christmas special, if you will. And uh, um, so we're going to get into that review momentarily, but we still got some news to cover first. And so what we'll do is we'll go into the news segment. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the news hounds at work in the background with typewriter typewriters.
1: <laughs> You're the hound.
0: <laughs> I don't think howls sound that way, but
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, you got you got, you got a better. Uh, your dog food's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I wasn't prepared for a dog clip. Uh, the, the the best I can do is this. Memory banks. Memory yeah, erase. Memory worm. See, the memory worm got to canine as well. No <laughs> <Exactly>. oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you, this is something that I, we hope. You might remember is, um, is, is that there's going to be a mini episode, a new Doctor Who mini episode. And when we say mini episode, it's what's traditionally what they're calling a prequel, even though technically I'm not going to get into it, but whatever. A, a prequel, and it's called, this is a prequel to The Day of the Doctor, which is the 50th anniversary special, which is, uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, which is coming around Thanksgiving. It's it's actually on the 23rd of November. This mini episode is called The Night of the Doctor. Obviously, I, I, as I said, it, it sort of sets up what we're going to see at the 50th anniversary. Now, there's not a lot of details about it. And obviously, um, we can't really talk about the mini episode yet because we haven't seen it yet.
1: There actually was a, an image released today, but um, I don't know if we want to. Uh,
0: well, you're talking about the with um, the two doctors holding the sonic screwdrivers up in the air? Is that the image? No, no, no. Oh. it was
1: an image actually from the Night of the Doctor, supposedly. Oh, okay. That was okay. Uh, that's found its way out there.
0: Hmm. It's
1: not terribly spoilerish. Um, it's just a bunch of women in red uh, cloaks and stuff, which, of course, everybody looks at that and goes, it's the Sisterhood of, <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> sisterhood of the Flame! It's like, yeah,
0: just like the ones in Pompeii.
1: Mm. <laughs> so... Yeah, Maybe so it's the, the mini hugely spoiler. If it's just
0: a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, so, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. The women
1: in, in, in red, uh, red cloaks and gowns. And not, stuff, and, uh,
0: yeah, the the cloaks, yeah. not scatterly clad women. So it's no, unfortunately, it's <laughs> a shame. So the, the mini episodes. I'm sorry. I was just going to say the mini oh, episode is scheduled to come out this Saturday. It's <laughs> just before we, I just want to be clear that that's um, at the Saturday at the time we we're recording this. So I'm not sure when this episode gets out, but it may have just, when you listen to it, it may have just premiered or it's about to premiere.
1: So in which case it's either, you know, Spoiler for something that's about to happen right now. Or it already
0: happened <laughs> okay, now. Well, well, you've, it's old, it's yeah. old hat for you already. Yep. And knowing you, when I say you, I'm talking about Doctor Who fans in general. You've probably seen it countless times and went frame by frame and saw every little detail that there is. Saw
1: so the Ronnie in the
0: background. The there, Ronnie yeah. in the background. And alligators in the yeah. sewer. No, I'm just the Ronnie in the background.
3: Now, another thing I was going to say is wasn't the... the, the the rumour about this Night of the Doctor is that it was going to to feature a doctor, but not necessarily they were saying which doctor was going to feature in it.
0: There's a witch doctor involved? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we don't... I mean, um, it's not, not a spoiler because it's been all... I mean, it, it's all common knowledge now, but they we know there's at least three doctors to choose from right now, um, if you count one of them as the doctor, yeah. <laughs> there, there's so many theories out there, and, and and people have been sharing it on the net and about you know the John Hurt character. So um, some of them are pretty interesting. But even though it's all speculation, sometimes I worry about talking about speculation because it might some of the speculation may actually be the case, and then we're spoiling it for people. So I, I don't know. It's a, a little sticky tightrope to travel across when talking when speculating um, this close to the release.
1: Speculating Indeed. about the speculation of you know, <laughs> may or may not happen to come or so, not,
0: but just uh, as far as the day of the Doctor, the actual um, anniversary special, it's 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 a seventy-five minute episode, according to um, uh, what's 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 released. It's coming out on um, November twenty-third, the twenty-third of November at seven fifty p p.m. on BBC One. And then um, I'm it's um, on BBC America as well. Is it going to be the same date? At, um, as is it the 23rd? Is it, are they still keeping the same um, schedule that, like that? So.
1: Yeah, I think they're no. trying to. Yes. Because
0: yeah. there's also the children in need on Friday, and um, and they're also with the children in need. they they're having a clip. They're going to be showing a clip from the day of the doctor. So um, do you think the the mini-episode will also be during Children in Need, or would this be separate?
3: Well, this is a rather strange thing here in the UK, because um, in previous weeks, uh, some fans of the UK have been moaning about, you know, BBC America's got the, you know, Doctors Revisited, and BBC This Is Getting That, and we were feeling a rather short shrift here in the UK. And now suddenly, you know, it's almost as though you know, the bubble's really swelling up, I mean, we, we're, we're getting uh, uh, dot two interrupting eye dents uh, uh, in, uh, during the course of uh, shows, we're getting um, little uh, views of the TARDIS appearing in certain shows, like the Graham Norton show, and we're hearing about radio uh, Doctor two radio trailers and all sorts of things, and suddenly, you know um, there's almost this uh, you know Explosion of things because, of course, when we think about it, and I find this very difficult to believe, guys. That you know, after all this long way that seems to have dragged on and dragged on, uh, you know, we're now what 10 days away.
1: Uh, it's, 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 I just remember, you know, last year it's like, oh, it's, it feels like it's never going to come, and now it's here, and it's just like before we know it's going to be gone. Um, yeah, the yeah, they did say that, uh. I mean, you're going to hand it to Stephen Moffat. He said, the Doctor Who's going to take over TV. So, well, take over everything. Um, so it, it looks like he, there's, there's been some definite plans, uh, at least waiting until, you know, well, until now. Well,
0: they're definitely stuff. spreading so. things out, though, because, like, the this past weekend they released— the. Well, first of all, we we, and we failed to mention this, that there was a— a trailer, if you will, a promo video that for Day of the Doctor that was originally leaked out. It was, I think, from a Spanish market television station because it had, uh, I believe it was Spanish or, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, non English subtitles on this promo. And then this got pulled from the various sources on the internet. And then the BBC actually released the legitimate one, which I believe the first one was like 40 seconds long. And then they released a second yeah. one, which was, I think, um, a minute. And change Eight, about
3: eighty seconds long,
0: yeah. Yeah, so the, those both came out on, um and then BBC America had their version, which was similar. It was had some slight alterations. I, not nothing major.
3: Uh, I think my, uh, uh, Mike, one of our uh, compend said mm-hmm. that um, it, it was just slightly in a different order. That you didn't actually yeah. get any nothing
0: difference. new, it just, just re- rejigged. Yeah, so you would have to kind of watch them side by side to really. Because I didn't see any differences, so, you know, other than the BBC, you know, thing at the BBC America, um, prom, you know, screen at the end, and, and of course, the little bug in the corner that says BBC America instead of BBC. So, but what I'm getting at is that that was sort of spread across, they didn't just release both of them at the same time, that was spread across the weekend or at least Saturday or whatever. So um, what they may do, because now children, now for those that don't aren't familiar with Children in Need, it's a fundraiser charity event that takes place every year, traditionally this time of the year, like the uh, middle of November or um, is, is there some sort of significance yeah. to the date? Dave? Well, they're trying, to, they, uh, they're trying to avoid, you know, sort of uh,
3: um, that we've just had what we call Armistice Day. We, we, I think in the States it's called Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. So they, they obviously try and avoid the 11th of the 11th. Um, but I think it's usually any in the week following that. Um, and of course, it's before the Christmas schedules c- kick in as well. Um, uh, that's one of the reasons why uh, Graham Norton would normally be on Friday. That's, that's being postponed because on the next Graham Norton, they're going to have uh, Matt Smith and uh, David Tennant. So that's going to be the, the, the Friday after. Sorry, we're jumping about on our little notes here. But um, but, but the children Need so, Special stuff
0: yes, is like eight hours so, long, right? It's like a marathon. Oh, it's, it, it, uh, it's,
3: it's, the biggest, it's the biggest event because as well, uh, this Obviously, in America, you have all these different states, but in the UK, uh, many programs are, are the same nationally, where in this one, they have, you know, it, for certain sections, they go to local TV stations. So uh, when I'm watching here in Manchester, there will be the national thing. And then for 15 minutes, they'll go to a local gathering in Manchester, you know, for locals to whip up and encourage people to um, uh, uh, vote, well not vote but to pledge money here in your own area but it is a mammoth undertaking this strictly come dancing which is like you're dancing on ice and lots of little specials little one-offs I mean it is a massive undertaking and all the people that appear in it you know waive their fees I mean they they probably get expenses or I think they may all get you know a standard 500 fee just to cover their out-of-pocket expenses but basically all the all, all the the people give their time uh, for nothing. It's a massive thing. I mean, uh, they can hit 20 million pounds, and over the course of the following weeks, with money coming in, it can hit 30, 40 million years. Uh, 40 million years. <laughs> that's not coming. Too... <laughs> uh,
1: uh, now, the the, uh, uh, the, the the is the is it a multiple? Is it multiple children's charities, or is it one particular uh, charity that? The,
3: it's always it's always a 50-50 split between uh domestic charities and foreign ones. Okay, now, but they split that, it over with,
1: yeah, different yeah. children's charities rather than it Oh being yeah, yeah, a yeah, 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 there, there's
3: a, I think there's an organization that will dole out but 50 I think 50% goes abroad. It may be slightly less than that with the big disaster in the Philippines that's that's that's, mm. that's in the headlines at the moment, uh, that may get the lion's share of the overseas money. Because uh, I know the UK government have pledged some, like 10 million in aid straight away. And, and I'm talking in pounds, of course, when I say things like this. Uh, but um, so that that's going to colour, I would think, uh, the international giving side of it.
0: Mm hmm. So and so, this runs all day Friday on this this coming this is it. It's this Friday, right? The day yes, after tomorrow. Yes,
3: coming Friday.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes. So That's it may have come a, to close. pass when the show goes out. Yeah, and of course yeah. the day
3: before that, on the fourteenth, is uh, we've got the uh, the Brian Cox uh, Science of Doctor Who as well, which is another big event.
1: So now, now Doctor Who's um, long long been associated with with children in need. It, mm-hmm. um, When the series came back, the first time that uh, that, uh, Doctor Who had anything on there from the new series was, of course, um, uh, the mini-episode. It was called The the Pudsey Cutaway at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's that little intervening clip uh, right after um, uh, the Doctor regenerates uh, from Eccleston to to Tennant. There's a, a little bit of interplay between him and, and Rose at that yeah. point. And so if you've seen that, that's, that's the first time in the new series that, that, that they got back involved with uh, Children in Need. So, um, and, of course, every year there's been one. Well, I, uh, I think last year was... I think they had actually had a scene from uh, the Christmas special. It was introduced by uh, Matt Smith and uh, Jenna Louise Coleman. And it was actually the first time you kind of saw the two of them together. So
0: it's always like a yeah. an event. So it gets people to tune in into um, Children in Need, you know, and obviously raise money for it. Usually during these scenes, they'll have a number on the bottom that you can call in, obviously a, a local t- number to the UK that you can call in um, to donate money. So it's and, it, and as Ian said, this is a long tradition, even going back before the series came back, there were some Doctor Who related Children in Need events, you know, so it, even if it was just People coming on from the show. I mean, there was one where they had the TARDIS on stage, and the, like all these doctors were coming out. And, all
1: the doctors came out. Yeah. and then they, right. uh, they came out with a, a, a big cheque.
0: Yes, uh, yes, yes.
1: There's been a couple of those actually, where they've, they've, they've all shown up and stuff. So,
3: uh, I mean, one of the, the one of the things to look out for. I think between eight thirty and nine, um, the Doctor and Amy throw a tea party in the TARDIS and serve a sneak peek at this year's Doctor Who Christmas special. That's going to be that. But there's also John Barrowman, 9.30 to 10. John Barrowman hosts fantastic musical fundraiser from Glasgow. 10 o'clock uh, Mastermind Children in Need. Uh, there are all sorts of things. At uh, 8.00 to 8.30, 30 Minogue performs live in the studio. Uh, and then there's a, a Strictly Come Dancing special. Um, just after midnight, there's an exclusive Children in Need's performance from West End smash Phantom of the Opera. I mean, this is not just... Uh, and forgive me for 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 going back to your your spent youth, Lewis. It's not just <laughs> ten people manning a phone saying a uh, pledge for .dot two to be on your oh, station. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's 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 much more massive than that. Yeah, it's a massive undertaking. Yeah.
3: I do believe too,
1: and I could be wrong, but it's worth a try. Of course, um, I think one year I actually uh, I um, was able to do, donate too, so I do think that they kind of accept uh, donations from anywhere.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sure they won't turn you... I mean, I didn't mean to imply... I'm just saying the phone number on the bottom, I didn't no, want I'm people just, yeah. to you know, know that's I mean, a local phone. think, you
1: know. think are, are glad to see the, that kind of content and, and, uh, and want to give just because it's a a british thing doesn't mean you can't go on there
0: and uh, and, am i misremembering but i didn't like the didn't um it also like tie into itunes last year or maybe the year before where um i didn't they have the clip available on itunes and whatever and i think whatever money was raised went to you could yeah yeah i do believe there's
1: already a listing on on there um for the night of the doctor
0: okay well that's then you know what i then i there's urge there's already a space reserved i i urge people to do it that way this way the money goes to a good cause you get a you get a clip and it all works out i mean it's i'm sure it's not terribly expensive No. all right well Now, speaking of terribly expensive, um, that might be the case for the BBC if the son of the author who wrote The Unearthly Child, which was Anthony Coburn, uh, The Unearthly Child was the first Doctor Who story that went out, the pilot, the son of that author, which I think his name is Steph, Steph Coburn, is now suing the BBC saying that um, that his father had the copyright to the TARDIS. Since he sort of like invented the TARDIS concept when he wrote *An Earthly Child*, his father passed away in 1977, and so now he's seeking to have funds for every time the TARDIS was used in Doctor Who, which is like every episode. <laughs> he's looking for compensation or something to that effect, you know. And uh, I don't know, I don't know the legalities of it all, but um, it's just strange that after you know that it took the you know. He, his father passed away in 1977. Here we are now at the 50th anniversary, and it took this long well, before.
3: No, no, no. no. I, I think the thing is that he's only just come to feel as though he's the copyright holder because it, it was his, his his father, grandfather. Then it went to an aunt, and now that aunt has died, and it's so he he's claiming that he didn't, he wasn't in a position. To, to have litigation but when he when he first and, and i'm not legal a bit it's just what i've read when he when he first this first came up it seems as though all he wanted was recognition or you know some even just something on the credits to say
0: that you know uh, well, give him some
3: wasn't credit. he also upset and, and then
0: okay i'm sorry go ahead
3: yeah but but then it seems to be now talking about but then wants compensation for every time it's being used uh, since then now because apparently when, when the whole scripts were being sorted out uh, the actual shorthand for the TARDIS was you know just some everyday place like um, it could be a, a, a workman's hut or anything so there was no specific thing given but you could argue the same I mean I, I would have assured the BBC had argued exactly the same that they did with the design of the Daleks the, the, the person who actually designed the, the actual look of it the, the man who built it uh, famously got something like 10 pounds for it didn't mm-hmm. he um, um but um, the other thing is of course this has been challenged before the the london police challenged because it was based on the london police box yeah that and, exterior and that was yeah. thrown out of court mm-hmm. the, the
1: the big thing here that that that's, that i've seen that which could basically put the kibosh on anything is that uh, i think it was back back at the time when when um the police were challenging them over it, is that uh, the BBC have copyrighted Mm Ternus. Now, because that was never contested when the copyright was put in place, there's not really any legal standing. Uh, It was never challenged at the time. So, um, yeah. And it does seem rather i mean i know this has been going on it, it didn't just happen this week it's been going on for a little while now that it's actually held up um a rebroadcast of an unearthly child on the bbc because of this but uh the bbc uh, i think announced today uh, that they're going to be going ahead with that rebroadcast yeah uh, regardless uh so but uh, i mean it's one of those things it's well, I, 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 was, I understand that this that this gentleman feels that his father, you know, contributed a great deal to the show, but he was working for the BBC at the time. You know, the same thing can be said for for uh, uh, I've forgotten his name now. The man who invented the Daleks, well,
3: that's what I was just the Daleks. I've got three memory worms in this room, or what? Sorry, <laughs> <Well,
1: laughs> right, let me go get the gloves. I'll get the memory worm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but, but the point I wanted to bring up is uh, he was alive for a very long time and, and finally got some recognition, but he was happy enough with that, or at least he seemed to be on the outside that, you know,
0: he was happy enough with yeah. that. Raymond Cusack was the uh, designer of the Daleks. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, he seemed to be... Yeah, know, who designed just, uh, the Daleks,
3: coming. by the way?
1: <laughs> um, oh, there was that guy, um, Raymond...
0: Cusack, Kuz- I think, uh, Kuzak. Oh, there yeah. seems to be a carriage on top of me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appear to have be been run over by a carriage. Do um, these gauntlets belong to anyone? They... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, the main thing is, is, is
1: that I don't understand about this gentleman is that uh, recognition is one thing. You know, um, if they come to an agreement that, that it contributed a significant amount to the idea, then fine. Put his name in the credits. I don't have a problem with that.
0: Well, I, I understand,
1: I think also part of the, the it... Is I'm making, you know, the ahead. gentleman is making these claims is now looking for monetary compensation for an idea that was not his. He, and so basically it looks to be from the outside, because again, we're going off, based off of news reports, you know, um, of what people are saying is happening... It appears to be that he's trying to gain monetary compensation for something that was not his to begin with. Yes, he now supposedly is the rights holder, but um, it just seems to be from the outside he's just trying to make a buck off Doctor Who now. And what? he's making a lot of noise now that it's the 50th anniversary. And it, it just, it just, I don't think he's doing himself any favors by what he's doing. I mean, I saw him on Twitter the other day um, tweeting it. Uh, Jonathan Ross saying hey here's my story uh, we should talk and to be honest it's like what you did that in public you couldn't have just written to you know Jonathan Ross um, kept it you know between the two of you uh, it just doesn't look very it's not giving himself a very good image but then again that said um, I do have a bone to pick with Doctor Who fans who are slagging this guy off in public forums and on Facebook and Twitter, um, yeah, we're not doing ourselves any favors. Yeah, I was just um, saying to, it doesn't make you Doctor look... Who fans, and like like I said on Twitter the other night. I tend to think of Doctor Who fans as being a little better than most people because of the Doctor is the person that we chose to follow, mm-hmm. um, and I think that we're better than that.
0: Uh, it's better to take the high if road. If you want to
1: tell the man what you think, then tell him and. Uh, polite terms. There's no need to, to 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 resort to name calling. You don't do yourselves any favors, and you know we're better than that.
3: Well, of course, we we don't know all the ins and outs. I mean, this well, claim yeah. might be a bit might be bigger on the inside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, also to to my What's understanding, I <laughs> want to forget that joke. <laughs> also, to my understanding, the the situation is that also with the. The Adventures, An Adventure in Time and Space special, which is the docudrama that chronologizes the creation of Doctor Who. Uh, what they had to do with this docudrama was uh, since there were so many people involved with Doctor Who, it, would, it wouldn't be possible to involve everyone in the show, so they combined efforts that multiple people put in, and they they made it into, you know, they, they, they just focused on a handful of characters, when I say characters, but they're real-life people, but they 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 combined the efforts of many people into, um, let's say, uh, Davershire, who did the, and, and um, you know, for the music and the sounds and all that, or they, they might have done, I haven't seen it yet, but this is from what I understand. So, but to my understanding is that, his father and the writer of the unearthly child isn't represented in this docudrama. And that's, I think my, my, and again, I don't know for sure, but I'm speculating that maybe this was part of the fuel, um, or, you know, that, that added to the fire here, you know, cause again, his father was not getting the recognition that he feels his father deserves.
3: But it seems funny that he wants payment uh, for the use since his father's death. What strikes me is he, he's thinking, well, my father wouldn't have agreed to this, so I'm not going to ask for money while he was alive. Hmm. Anyway, we we can't judge it, and we're not legal people. We're just giving uh, our own personal opinions on the matter. Yes.
1: So we did stand a holiday in Express
3: last night. <laughs> <laughs>
1: American but, joke, um, sorry, Dave.
3: <laughs> I didn't stand it, yeah.
1: Um, Here, have but, a memory worm.
3: But I, I think we ought to just say that the, this uh, adventure in time and space, if we can move on, because we have got uh, work to get through, um, uh, received a standing adventure, uh, adventure, ovation.
0: <laughs> well, it, it was a standing adventure as well.
3: <laughs> yeah. I've
0: got a feeling that people listening
3: to this podcast are going to have a memory worm thrust upon them at the end of it. But um, <laughs> They're going to be wishing uh, for a memory uh, worm. The, uh, Yeah, at the BFI premiere. I mean, it apparently got a five-minute standing ovation and uh, certain people that... uh, Ian... Follows their Twitter avidly, you know, mm-hmm. made great... Uh, That's the British ratings, Film and, uh, Institute,
0: BFI, just to be clear, just so our audience knows, is the yeah, British uh, Film sorry, Institute. Sorry, yes, indeed. Okay. Uh, I mean,
3: it must have been marvellous to see. I mean, apparently some people who weren't able to get tickets when they went on sale waited eight hours outside to see if there were any tickets where people hadn't turned up, you know, where they were ill and didn't turn up, because obviously your seat's only reserved up to a certain point. Um, but it seems... and. In fact, the only the only downside I can see of this is uh, growing within a, a number of Doctor Who supporters, and I think Ian might actually stand amongst these, are looking forward more to the adventure mm. time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of fans that have vocalized that. You know, I've seen a lot of posts and on, on Twitter and Facebook saying that you know I'm, I'm looking forward to an adventure, and not to slam the day of the Doctor because they haven't seen it yet. But I mean, it's just. This is the origin. This is what it's all about. This goes back to 50 years on how it all came about, and, and and a lot of that hasn't been given its due in the mainstream. You know, everyone sort of you know, as far as Doctrine Mainstream goes, it's sort of like 2005 up, you know, to to present, and it's a lot of the history is being you know is somewhat ignored. So it's great that there's some love giving to how the series originated and came about. Now, we had mentioned in our last show that Mark Addis had said that he's prepared for an onslaught of Doctor Who fans, you know, crying, you know, foul or whatever. But I think this might go back to what I said before that certain things, certain liberties had to be taken place in order to focus on only a handful of people. Otherwise, it would have been too complex to give everyone their due or, you know, to, to have, every, you know, everyone that was involved in the show because it, it wasn't like Gene Roddenberry with Star Trek, or George Lucas with Star Wars. It was, I mean, there are a lot of people that made significant contributions to the series when it was starting. You know, and it's it's it would be hard to encompass all of that.
1: I mean, from from what I heard from the screening, um, there was one reviewer who uh, was in tears. Um, he was so kind of of. Uh, run by emotion of it uh, mm-hmm. and i mean the, the, the one of the reasons why i'm looking forward to this and, and a lot of fans are is because unlike dave most of us weren't alive
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was only alive i was 17 <laughs> well, uh, well now, now, cool. now that you mentioned I dave was, no, seriously. Now that you mentioned Dave, now we know. For those that don't know, the Doctor Who, une- un- Doctor Who, an unearthly child was the pilot episode, the first episode of Doctor Who. Um, in fact, they had two pilots, but the the finished one went out on November twenty third. Now, this of nineteen sixty three. This happened to be the day after another significant event, Dave Cooper's birthday. No, I'm talking about another significant oh, event in the sick. U.S. Was uh, Kennedy John F K John F Kennedy the president at the time uh, was assassinated? So that kind of flooded um, everyone's, it flooded the news media, obviously, but it um, distracted a lot of people. So um, they then rebroadcast on Unearthly Child the week after. So now I'm going to ask Dave. What, it, so many people say, "Oh, well, um, one of the you, there, there are certain events in life that you always remember exactly where you were when you heard the news." And I'll ask you: Did was the Kennedy assassination one of those events for you? Um, d, um, did you catch the Absolutely. Unearthly Child on the first run or the f- second week, or did you catch up and talk to you after it was running a little bit? Um, how does how did that play uh, fifty years ago the, for you? The, the,
3: the, there are uh, there are two. I mean, apart from personal events in my life, there are two that uh, that, that strike instant memories like that the most recent one of course was the the, the twin towers thing uh, mm-hmm. th- that because i was actually in bed that was late at night here when i heard about that but um you no know, uh, i was with the, one of my well actually my main friend david another david uh, we we're both 17 we joined this particular club where they played snooker and that which is uh, i think uh, It's where you have the big table, not these little bar pool ones that you have. Uh, And this little group, we'd just uh, been accepted. The the letters go in there uh, Saturday afternoons and play and things like that. And I think I heard it on the radio because in those days, even though television was, uh, you know, a big feature of our lives already, uh, TV was definitely more for the evening. There wasn't a lot of... I believe in America that morning TV has always been pretty firmly in place. In the UK, TV... You know, it was when you'd done your homework. When TV came on, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't all that. I mean, BBC Two, I don't even think, started at six o'clock in the evening. So I, I definitely heard it on the radio, and it was a lot of discussion. But it was it was on so much that I do remember that we did watch it, but that there was so much going on, and, and the world was in shock, and there was all this thing about. To put it frankly, some people were wondering whether we were going to have a world war after this event. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and I'm not talking now about, um, you know, um, conspiracy theories, but some people still thought it might be a prelude to something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, uh, the, I mean, it was shockwaves around the world. Um,
0: and, and then it happened on your birthday. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, my birthday is the 22nd, so.
0: What, did, uh, wasn't uh, the assassination uh, but, uh, on the sec- on the 22nd? Uh,
3: well, it, it's, yes, oh, well, indeed well, well, it was, well, but I, I'm, tra- I'm trying to remember because of the time zone differences. Yeah, it might have been... I after- mean, it was in Dallas, uh, which is, I don't even think that's Eastern time, is it?
0: No, it's, it's, I think it's uh, Central or... Um,
3: Central, so it's like six hour difference, so... So obviously... It it might have been the next...
0: For you, uh, it it might have been the the, the next day is what you're getting at. It may well
3: have been... Yeah, it may well have been the same day, the 23rd, -hmm. when when all these things came together in terms of uh, us being aware of it. And then, as you quite rightly say, uh, because many people... It had just got lost uh, in the news. And that was mirrored... Oh, God, that was terribly mirrored here in the UK... Uh, when the twin towers, I mean, not only was that a disastrous area, but there was a very, very uh, public humiliation of uh, 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 some person in government who uh, sent out a memo saying, uh, "If you've got any bad news, get it out today." Meaning that because of all the horror, you could, you know, if you had any bad news, to get any, any bad statistics, uh, you, you know, they get lost in the uh, in the uh, in the noise. Uh, that person was. I think they lost the job over that when it came to light. But anyway, I'm sidetracking somewhat now. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I do remember having said that, that when it came to the week later, we were glad in one way that it was going to be shown again because, um, you know, um, we hadn't been able to really concentrate on it. And I, I think I remember that, um, you know, we'd had the, tele- the television had been given over for us to watch it Because, of course, it was on wall to wall, so it wasn't as though, you know, there was more information coming out at that time. So, yes, um, uh, that was a very, very difficult day. Obviously, I had mixed emotions as a young 17-year-old wanting to see this thing. And and I know people keep saying this was a children's programme, but it was really young adults. It was... Mm -hmm. Then, classed as family viewing. Yeah. So uh, it, it really was, and I don't. Uh, we, we can't spend too much time on this, but yes, um, I cannot believe that that is fifty years ago. I mean, somebody, some memory worms had to go at me because <laughs> it doesn't seem half that time.
0: Wow. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad we get some first hand information from someone that was there for, for the premiere at the time. I mean, for us, like Ian said, you know, we, we weren't around, and you know, we can only. You know, kind of speculate on how it was, and so it, I, I think we're all looking forward to this, on um, an adventure in time and space. It's, um, it's it's due, it's due out, um, a couple of days before the um the the 50th anniversary, right? I think maybe the 20th. Yeah,
3: on the 20th, yeah, 21st. Yeah, the 21st. Okay. Uh, by the way, we did we didn't just say when we mentioned the unearthly child showing. That yes, going to be rebroadcasting re- that like a, a cleaned up version. Yeah, but no, no, no. It's
4: going
0: oh. to be um, they, they, uh, like an enhanced version, I think. Like they, they're... Yeah. Well, I don't know about... I mean, are they like upscaling they, it to HD maybe? or That's possible, but
3: apparently it, it is It is supposed to be, um, yeah, a cleaned up version of it.
0: Okay. Uh, and, um, they took out all the cuss words. Feverishly looking. <laughs> 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 Swagging and, st- and, and swearing that the doctor does. <laughs> yeah.
1: Is that bit where the, the, the policeman at the front at the beginning uh, trips over and starts cursing, <laughs> well, that's
3: weird. Well, that's one of the trivia questions of Doctor Who. Who was the first face you saw on oh. Doctor Who? Mm. And, of course, it's the policeman outside, but apparently two different actors played that, one for the pilot episode and the one that was eventually the screened episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, for those that that don't know, there were two pilots that were done. There was the original pilot, and then then they decided to refine it a bit, and they redid the pilot again, and that was the one that actually went out. It's essentially the same pilot, but some tweaks were done. Hey, you heard us talk about the Doctor Who mini-episode, The Night of the Doctor. Well, (laughs) little did we know when we recorded this that hours after we were done recording this episode... Uh, the BBC released Night of the Doctor, the mini-episode, much sooner than we had anticipated. We had It was our understanding that it was going to be released over the weekend, and it was released on Thursday, early Thursday, I should say. Therefore, we didn't have a chance to talk about it in the news section. But if you skip to the end of this episode, well, don't skip, but when you get to the end of the episode, there'll be some comments about Doctor Who, the Night of the Doctor which is a new mini-episode. Uh, by the time you hear this, it may not be as new, but it's it will still be fresh in case you haven't seen it yet. That's why it's being put on the end of the episode, so this way there's no spoilers, so you don't have to fast-forward. You can just play naturally, and it will be there at the end. So at the end of this episode, I'll have some comments about The Night of the Doctor, and then in our next episode, we'll have more discussion about Doctor Who, The Night of the Doctor, and, and the few surprises that it had for us. And if you have not seen the mini-episode yet, Doctor Who, The Night of the Doctor, what are you waiting for? You can watch it on our website. It's available. It's up on our site. Uh, go to uh, podchalk.net or gallifanamacy.org, and you can uh, post it up there. It should be still be on the front page. You can watch the mini-episode, The Night of the Doctor. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with our review of The Snowman. Oh,
2: Hello, this is Katie Manning, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. Or as
0: I read it, Who <laughs> Hey, what will you be listening to after this podcast? Yes, when Doctor Who Podshock is over, and yes, it does actually does come to an end at some point, what will you be listening to? How about a Doctor Who adventure, a Doctor Who audio adventure? And you can get your Doctor Who audio ventures at Audible. Audible has over 280, well, they have about 280, um, at last count, Doctor Who stories available or titles that you can choose from. And Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. They have over 85,000 titles to choose from in all different genres, not just Doctor Who, not just science fiction, but also comedy, business, romance, etc. Audible has it. Audible will play on your iPhone, it will. The titles will play on the Kindle, Android, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And for you, listeners of Doctor Who Podchock, Audible is offering your free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. Now, how do you get this free audiobook? Well, simply go to audibletrial.com slash for your free audiobook. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash for your free audiobook. And as always, we like to make a recommendation. And now that the date is nearing, you know, the anniversary, it's also um, <laughs> this story takes place on the 23rd of November, 2013, just a few days from now, or when you're listening to this, maybe a few days ago, or maybe it's today. It's Doctor Who, The Time Machine. It's by Matt Fitton, and it's narrated by Jenna Louise Coleman, or Jenna Coleman, Michael Cochran, and Nicholas Briggs. So it's a new adventure. It's not based on an existing story. It's a new um, story. So uh, it's part of the Destiny of the Doctor series. So it has music and sound design. Well, you don't need me to tell you about it. Why don't I just play a little sample of it right now?
2: sunlight colored its sandstone columns gold casting shadows beyond the balustrades and parapets above like a mini saint paul's Its domed lead roof shone silver in the crisp morning light she was going to be late which was ironic considering what she'd be late for look out alice shouted a man in an old-fashioned jacket and bow tie stepped off from the pavement in front of her concentrating intently on a handheld device She swerved to avoid him, and the man spun awkwardly out of her way, texting. The streets of Oxford were pregnant with near collisions between cyclists and inattentive road crossers. Accident statistics were probably available somewhere. Alice liked numbers. She made a mental note to look them up. In another five minutes, she'd reached the earth science area. The professor had co-opted the lab from the geology people when they'd realized they had more rooms than fellows. Alice stopped at the traffic lights. If she could have told herself 11 months ago all she knew now, she wasn't sure she'd believe herself. In fact, Alice thought, I might put that theory to the test. It was Saturday, 23rd of November, 2013. The day the human race discovered time travel. Doctor Who, The Time Machine, performed by Jenna Coleman, with Michael Cochran as Chivers, and Nicholas Briggs as the Krivics.
5: Chivers? Come in, Chivers. It's me.
2: While his assistant cycled through Oxford, Professor Chivers was in his laboratory. His trembling fingers adjusted a set of controls and the static cleared.
6: I am receiving you, go ahead. We're on the final straight. The time core, the power source. It's in the usual
4: place.
2: A fist-sized cube sat on his workbench between two speakers. It looked like smoked glass, yet magnetic clips held wires to its surface connected to an amplifier. Green bars bounced on the display in time with the voice. Thank goodness for Alice, the professor thought. She'd be here soon. Alice had set up the sound system, swapping his old fashioned record player for a digital streamer linked to this strange, cubic, whatever it was. While Chivers was comfortable with transistor radios and gramophones, along with temporal theory and particle physics.
0: Once again, that's Doctor Who. The time machine that could be your audible selection It doesn't have to be you could choose whatever they have available for you to choose from uh, again to get your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrialcom Podshock to download your free audiobook All right, we're gonna. So, uh, are we gonna do the news now? <laughs> yes. Someone did. Someone get the memory worm?
3: <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've just seen that um, uh, the BBC have just released a video of an event by BBC Cymru Wales, where the Doctor Who leads writer Stephen Moffat looks back over fifty years of the show, an evening with Stephen
0: Moffat. Oh. No, you know on about the BBC that. BBC iPlayer.
1: Excellent. Um, yeah, I, I believe that was a live event that, uh, that happened, I think it was like last week.
3: And I'm trying to now find where I read about the, um, the fact that it, it, it was going to be a cleaned up version of um, uh, An Unearthly Child. And I'm sure I did see it, but I can't see the link now. So apologies if that's not the case. But obviously, it's definitely going to be cleaned up from the original viewing of it. But I definitely thought that I saw that.
1: Yeah, my bloody TARDIS
0: <laughs> It's gonna have new effects. Guido's gonna show you like <laughs> to her
3: they... and sneak around my bleepin' scrapyard and bleepin' bleepers. <laughs>
0: well I'll tell you
3: what, as long as it's not
0: a colorized
3: version, that's all I'm saying.
0: No, they're gonna have Guido know. they're gonna have Guido shoot first though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any any more on that or shall we shall we start the snowman review?
1: I think we should go to the snow. There's really. no time like the present.
0: There's no time like the snow. Snow time? I don't know. No, 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 snow no, no snow time man. waits for. Uh, the Southern Doctor made some time sort of. joke. Made some sort of snowman joke. Um, the time waits for the snowman? Something like that.
1: Oi! Don't worry.
6: No one's going to hurt you. What is that thing? Silence, boy! That's Strax, and as you can see, he's easily confused. Silence, girl! Sorry, lad. Sontaran, clone warrior race, factory produce whole legions at a time. Two genders is a bit further than he can count. Sir, do not discuss my reproductive cycle in front of enemy girls. It's embarrassing. Typical middle child of six million. Who are you? It doesn't matter because you're about to forget that you and I ever met. We'll need the worm. Sir?
2: You'll need the what? The worm? What worm?
6: Don't worry, it won't hurt you, but one touch on your bare skin and you lose the last hour of your memory. Where is it? Where's Watson? I sent you to get the memory worm. Did you? When? Who's he? What are we doing here? Look! It's been snowing. You didn't use the gauntlets, did you? Why would I need the gauntlets? Do you want me to get the memory worm? You... Well, can you see it? I think I can hear it.
2: <laughs> Oi! Don't try to run away. Stay where you are. <laughs> Why would I run? I know what's going to happen next, and it's funny. What funny? Well, your little pal, for a start. It's an ugly little fellow,
6: isn't it? Maybe. He gave his life for a friend of mine once.
2: Then how come he's alive?
6: Another friend of mine brought him back. I'm not sure all his brains made the return
2: trip. Neither
6: am I. I can see it. Ooh! Can you reach it? Have you got it? Got what, sir?
2: Because these are the gauntlets, aren't they?
6: emergency i think i've been run over
4: by a cab so i think we should start
0: our review of the snowman (laughs) i'm only kidding
1: (laughs) Um, has anyone seen the memory world
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, before we talk about the snowman, just uh, just just a quick mention that there were two prequels that were uh, mini episodes that that came out previous to this, which was um, uh, one which came out. And speaking of children in need, it came out during the ch- the children in need. It was their Doctor Who thing, which was the Great Detective. That was a short little. I hate calling them mini episodes, but a clip, whatever. But. Whatever it is, um, which kind of, you know, introduced, um, well, not introduced because we've seen these characters before, but kind of put you in in the mind frame that these are these characters will be in this Christmas special, you know, because these characters were in a a good man goes to war, which was um, from the previous series. And then that was on uh, November 16th of 2012. And then on the 17th of December, which happens to be my birthday, we we mentioned Dave's birthday, now mine, Ian's next, was Vastra Vastra Investigates, which is another mini episode, which um, uh, again, they're free to download if you haven't seen them yet. Um, They just add a little bit more uh, gravy to to, to the meal for this episode. We should, say, we should say that this um, obviously it was the 25th of December that this came out. Traditionally, uh, Doctor Who's been coming out on Christmas Day. This was The Snowman, which was um, last year's holiday special, uh, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Saul Metzen, Metzen, Metstein, Metstein. Metz or is it? All right and it's runs um my count was 59 minutes but some say 60 minutes but whatever roughly an hour
3: yeah no it's 59 minutes yeah um overnight viewing figures were just over seven and a half million i think 7.6 million but that went up to i was reset to 9.87 million and that's not including nearly 2 million viewers on the BBC player for some reason they don't count those in uh, i don't
0: understand that and we should also mention that uh, it stars uh, Richard E. Grant, which, again, we, as I think we mentioned in our last episode, does have a history with Doctor Who. He was the original uh, ninth Doctor for the animated web version of Doctor Who before the series was relaunched, the television series, that is. And um, another significant actor that you don't see but you hear is um, Sir Ian McKellen uh, plays the uh, the voice of the 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 great intelligence that's in, that's the, the adversary in this story
1: yeah that was I i i don't think we found out about that until like right before the broadcast or um or as it was broadcast it was uh, quite a quite a thrill
3: yeah no, i don't know why they picked it so McKellen has got snow voice at
0: all <laughs> <laughs> And though at the same time it's it 's yeah. somewhat disappointing because the I enjoyed this episode very much it 's just if the the, the The biggest weakness for me is actually the the, the threat is the, um, if you will, the villains or the, the adversary, just, it it maybe okay. It wasn't as silly as some of the other villains that we've seen in Christmas specials. So we'll give them that. And also, and at the time I thought it was a returning character, but in now in, in hindsight, I think this is a sort of a prequel to maybe, um, the Patrick Troughton stories with the great intelligence, um, and and we'll get to that a little later on we we have a, a clip that that sort of references that but um it also introduces in a sense even though we've seen her before but it introduces um Clara um the character of Clara now we've obviously um the series before we've seen uh General Louise Coleman playing Oswin Oswald um but we you know we were all mystified because we didn't know who she was, or how, you know, because we knew that the new companion was going to be called Clara, so who was this, you know. So now we meet Clara, and... Well, oh, oh, before we go any further, spoiler alert, we're assuming you've seen this, it's a year already.
1: <laughs> it's a review, of <laughs> yes. course,
0: All right, well, I just wanted to be clear, I don't want anyone yelling flat foul, because Clara doesn't make it through this episode. <laughs>
3: But from the Asylum of the Daleks, of course, we we weren't sure whether this was going to be some distant um, ancestor, not an ancestor, because she'd be a descendant, wouldn't she? We're not sure whether the the person in that would be a descendant of the Clara that we then see in the snowman. Not not the same person at all, but, you know, ten generations uh, further down the line when we're into space and so on.
0: What, I mean, another thing which I um, sort of liked about this story as a whole is that it, even though it's a Christmas story, it wasn't too Christmassy. You know, lately, um, the Christmas specials seem to be a little... The, the previous one... Um, Snow did have scene. Uh, yeah, but the, like the previous one, it seemed, it seemed like uh, what, from 2011, whatever the Christmas special was then, I can't remember the name. Um, it, it seemed like it was a, a Christmas Christ- carol. But yeah, so it seemed like a Christmas special with the Doctor, guest starring the Doctor. It didn't seem like a Doctor Who episode. This one seemed more like a, a, a Doctor Who episode. Uh, that happened to be taking place ar- around Christmas, and um, but it wasn't he- it wasn't so heavy-handedly Christmas. And I've been saying that for a while that Christmas specials don't need to you know you don't need to have all the Christmas elements in it to make it a Christmas special. You could just have the goodwill to man that type of stuff that that theme within an episode and still make it a Christmas special without having it you know so Christmassy. I don't mean to be a Scrooge. I'm just saying that it doesn't. You don't need. It, you don't need to be. Um, uh, you know, chained to the iconography um, of Christmas.
1: Yeah, you do. It's got to snow, and you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be Christmas, which, which is them.
3: why I'm not really a big fan of them. But um, I mean, I, I don't know how you listen want to, to these for, two. What's the humbug and all? <laughs> Good minute. Hang a minute, hang a minute. Jeez. This guy, the the guy who's now complaining now, I think he's had um, a memory worm because uh, <laughs> uh, when we talked about it last time, you you spent 30 minutes talking about the new tireless interior and the new credits and about 10 minutes
0: on the story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because there's nothing wrong with it because Clara was in
0: it. Oh my, it's going to be one of those. <laughs> well, uh, no. Uh, I'm just, sorry. Uh, a bit no, no. Jenna uh, Louise letter. Coleman. Jenna Louise Coleman did do very It uh, was is excellent in this story. I, you know. Um,
3: oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I always felt she would do, especially in this historic one. Uh, of course, I've said before that um, that new recent series that, that was done in the UK. Uh, about the Titanic and the different uh, different levels of what was happening. On they took the same, obviously, little, the same time period of the, the Titanic sinking, but they showed it from different aspects of the ship, from the officers, from the third class compartments, the first class. So that they would show interweaving. And she played uh, a young waitressy girl in that, and she was excellent. By the way, one of the things that immediately uh, when I was rewatching this to talk about it tonight was. Um, the very first scene uh, that we see her in where she's actually in the, you know, in, in the the pub and got a, a train hand, it, it took me right back and it put a shiver up me. It took me right back uh. to The Voyage of the Damned. It, you know, the, the, the first scene that we see of uh, the, the the young girl there played by Kylie Minogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, because exactly the same thing. She looks across the room, of course, David Tennant's in the bar there. But... Um, what, I mean, there's a lot, there's a, do you want to just talk and get them out of the way talking about the new TARDIS interior? Well, I'm glad, you,
0: I'm glad you brought it up because it's significant in that respect as well that it introduced the new TARDIS interior, which, um, I mean, up to this... Every now and then the TARDIS gets redone, you know, both um, exterior and interior, but most drastically the interior. So uh, this was more or less um, bringing the TARDIS more similar to what we known the TARDIS interior to look like um back in the in, in the seri- the, in the this, classic series. The, I hate using the classic series, but yes, the classic series, pre two thousand and five, if you will. So um it was it's interesting in that respect. It's it's I don't know how how both of you gentlemen feel about it, but I I thought it was um I mean
1: I think your comment is is right on the mark. They're kind of bringing it in line. I, it, it to me, the opening credit sequence plus the 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 the, uh, the console rooms redo uh, really kind of did bring the series kind of in line with the classic series. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it just echoed things. We've got the the Doctor's face appearing in the credits, and we've got you know a smaller room in appearance. Um, with a more of a kind of a stripped down console, not all this silly stuff, and, and you know, glass floors, and all that. And, and,
0: and while not um, ultra white, it still has a it has a, like a more of a whitish gray hue than than coral right. that we've seen.
1: I think it's a, a deliberate effort to to kind of you know, echo the past, which uh, I mean, I love it. I'm a big fan of the new console room. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I haven't really been a big fan of, of, of any of them, any of the new series ones. I didn't really like the Coral one because I thought it made it look too... Organic. Like it, like organic. I didn't yeah. like that. It's like, it's a shit. Um, yeah. it's, no, I feel the same know, way. There's a whole thing that and they grow, and it's like, yeah, It's rumor.
0: I didn't like the uh, uh, the controls on the console. It Just looked too. It, it didn't seem functional. I, can, I understand the theory behind it was that the Doctor just made use with whatever he had on hand to make do with what he had, and and but it just didn't seem, you know, because the TARDIS is supposed to be kind of built with block transfer computations and mathematical formulas, and, and I don't really see the Doctor physically building the TARDIS himself. It, it, I, I don't know. So it just seemed. Yeah, a, more decorative than functional Metrorism
1: was a bit of a whimsy and uh, it was a whimsy that failed i think and
3: well, well no i think it was it was all right but the thing was that you would have thought like because things may go wrong and it has to do running repairs you would have sort of a very sort of flashy and high-tech stuff and then alongside that the pump and the hammer and what have you but it was all of that ilk, um, what I liked about it uh, well first of all, I, I was a little bit unsure of it at first because i don 't think it was particularly well lit to start with, and then I, I remember mm-hmm. thinking at the time that actual fact it may not have been so well lit because maybe all the set wasn 't built, and in actual fact, some of the the the, you know, the, the higher uh, shots that they did seemed to be more cGI than actually a real set but if you if you remember as ian pointed out they got rid of the glass floor i think they went for a very polished and flat floor uh, particularly, actually, to aid filming so that, you know, you can have a steady cam in there. Obviously, we don't see that on the programme, but in terms of when they, want, when they have the Doctor running round rapidly around the console, as we've, we've mm-hmm. learnt, of course, from Journey's End, was it, whatever, um, it, the, it needs six people to fly it, really, when it was designed. Mm. Uh, and that's why the Doctor's always running around from yeah. panel to panel to panel. Exactly. Uh, a little bit like typewriters, you know, you have the keys so they don't, Uh, Jam. So I think that it was, yeah, it was more compact, um, had this utilitarian look. Uh, I seem to remember thinking, and we talked about it somewhat, that um, the actual column area, thank God they got away from that fanciful one before, but they'd gone (laughs) more back to the Eighth Doctor console look Mm -hmm. in the central column area. But um, the other thing is, this suited the way the story started because of course we've got the the doctor in isolation he's he's pulled himself he's he's gone a little bit um, reclusive like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Herman Herman uh, you know um <laughs> Herb, <laughs> not Herman and his hermits. He's, I mean, he's living on a cloud, for heaven's sake, in a box. The Herman hermits. He's yeah. distanced himself. Um, uh, we learn from the other characters that he's withdrawn somewhat. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, he's almost taken them back when Clara tries to engage him in conversation. Well, you know, yeah, it's, the, it's uh, the
0: brooding doctor stuff. again. I, we've sort of seen yes, it before. And, and, and the set suits that. Yeah. Well, oh, no,
1: no, no. Clara hit, it right on, uh, hit the nail on my head, sulking. Which is sulking, what he was doing. Yeah. He wasn't brooding. He was sulking. He's like, "Well, I keep losing people, so bugger, I'm going to go sell this cloud." He was. He was actually sulking, which is kind of. Anyway, at least it was better than brooding.
0: <laughs> well, and I don't understand why he's. And if he was, if that was the case, why stay on a cloud on Earth, and why why not the moon or some yeah. other planet? You know, it, it seemed kind of silly that. I will forgive it because it's a Christmas special, but it just seemed kind of silly that he would be oh, in a cloud.
1: Yeah. I, I, I want to get away from all the action, so I'll go and live in a cloud in the on the world where I've seen the yes. action, especially <laughs> in the new series.
0: Exactly.
3: <laughs> and And just... Well, before we talk about the opening credits, I mean, one of the things was this, again, it had, I was just checking, five and a half minutes of story we had before we went to the opening mm-hmm. credits. Uh, we had one of the first occasions, I think, of the, the actual year being shown. Clearly, I mean, this has become, I mean, it's almost chiselled into mountains now, isn't it? Um, in, in some of the oh, more... Hello, sweetie oh, sweetie. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, 1842, when we first see... That first clip when we see the young boy and apparently the snowman that he's building is talking to him. And then it suddenly jumps 50 years later. So the main story takes place in 1892 when I wasn't around, Ian. Oh, but you're on holiday. It was a good five and a half minutes there of uh, good story, beautifully set. I mean... um, Uh, I mean, even if I go back to what wasn't a Christmas special, but the next Doctor, which I I have mixed feelings about, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I remember saying about that, well, I thought it was going to be an alien world because it didn't really look... It looked like Christmas card Christmas. Mm -hmm. This actually looked good for 1892 i mean they were scruffy there were dirty streets yeah the the you know the clothes even that clara's wearing are not you know they're not brand new clothes she's got old wrap around the sh- shoulders and so on and um i thought visually that good and of course after that five and a half minutes we went in and we got the treat of a new uh, opening title sequence
0: yeah, yeah. Which, the um, face in it, but the, I was just gonna say that featured the Doctor's face, which again, like the console, it brings it back to like the console room the, the, of the TARDIS. It brings back, um, you know, tradition from the series uh, before two thousand and five. Because uh, that's one thing that was sort of missing from when the series came back. Because it sort of was. I mean, it, the Hartnell and um, didn't have it originally, but I mean, it's. It, but it goes back to. Um, I think Trouton was not Trouton the first one that had the face in the opening credits. So, and then from I think he was yeah yeah and then from there forward, um, we've always seen the Doctor's face in, in the opening credits. So, you know, they each Doctor had a different way of, of it being presented.
3: You liked them, didn't you, Ian? What's that? The opening credits, the new ones. What memory were <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I
1: remember seeing it and just <laughs> I felt like a little kid when I saw Matt Smith's face, because I was just like, Whoa! and then the, uh, the, the, the kind of diamond, almost diamond-shaped kind of corridor effect... Yeah, it, it certainly better than anything else Moffat had had since he took over, because I, I was not a fan of anything, anything prior to that. Um, this one just kind of kicked it up a notch, and it was one of those things where you don't think, they're oh, they're never going to put the face in the credits, because it would be too cheesy. No, they actually pulled it off. Um, it's uh, quite nicely, you know, um, um, executed. You know, it's... Uh, it's not a big face like you know, Semester McCoy's painted silver face. Um, it's you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just this kind of hint of a of a thing in a in, in a, in a um, gas cloud floating by, and it's just yeah, And like I said, and then the, the, the kind of the vortex effect that looked very much like kind of Pertwee's a Pertwee hour, uh kind of thing. It just yeah, it, it hit a lot of spots for me.
3: Well, to me, it gave me a little bit of a, a feeling of the very first Superman film, where you know uh, Kal El is mm-hmm. flying towards Earth. He's flying through all these nebula and so on. Um, mm-hmm. I actually prefer the, the the new credits at the end when they're a little bit more, uh, you know, more as you say in in the quartiles where the four corners mirror one another. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I think, um, uh, well, oh, I mean, God. obviously, we want to hear what Lewis says. But I think then the, the major uh, moment came when um, it then went into the story via TARDIS doors or something. Mm,
1: mm, that's the only thing like. <laughs> <The> TARDIS <laughs> doors opening on the story. <laughs> Not a big fan.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Didn't they use that in, on uh, on um,
0: some don't somewhere don't before
1: the Confidentials?
0: Wasn't that a thing in the Confidentials? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I know it, it seemed familiar. I remember that.
1: Yeah, not a not a huge fan of that effect, but everything else is fine, you know.
2: Do so you actually live on were a cloud a I
6: have done for a long time now. No,
2: me, you really know how to sulk, don't you? I'm not sulking. You live in a box.
6: That's no more a box than you are a governess.
2: Oh, spoken like a man. You know, you're the same as all the rest. Sweet little Clara, works at the Rose and Crown, ideas of other station. Well, for your information, I'm not sweet on the inside, and I'm certainly not...
6: The TARDIS. It can travel anywhere in time and space. And it's mine.
2: It is. Look at this. It, it Go on, say Most people do. <laughs> Smaller on the outside.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So I, I think we all enjoy Clara's character music, yeah. and and Jenna and Louise Coleman portrayal of her. Um, with that said, do you think it seemed a little premature for the doctor to be handing his key over so, so soon after meeting, meeting her? I mean, he usually... No, I loved that. I loved it. I loved okay. that. Because he set us some tests. Uh, because we'd had the...
3: Prior to that, we'd had the fact that she'd followed him to the park, noticed him disappear. Uh, was she saw they pull the ladder down. Uh, Gamely w- went up to follow him. Uh, at, at that point, she she didn't actually go inside the tiles. I thought she might have sneaked in. Yeah. How many times have we had snow at Strawways? Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Steven, I think was that, that's what I was expecting too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which uh, you know, so it's great. And of course, um, we we had them climb up this um, uh, this long stairs, which later the second time they go up it. Um, she says something like, "How uh, uh, how we got up here so quickly?" And he says something like, "It's longer it's, on the it's, inside," it's, something. something like that. Yeah, yeah uh, shorter,
0: um, shorter
1: on the inside, or I don't
3: know. Uh, no? No, 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 no. I think Carrie corrected us on that. Uh, yeah, uh, it was
0: longer uh, on the on the inside. Th- he should have
3: or... said it was short. It's longer on the outside, so it looks very long. But when you climb up it, you get up it quickly because it's shorter on the inside. Right. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I, I I thought that was uh, she did these tests. I thought it was a marvellous moment. I mean, first of all, we had the big reveal. She goes in. Uh, that was one of the again. We're just getting to the stage where they can they can perfect this. Uh, going from the outside of the box straight in, and she walks in. He, he turns on the light, so it is a little bit better lit at this point. I think that's the, actually the picture they've got on the the Wikipedia. Snowman uh, page uh, of him, you know, going da da with his arms, and her walking in, and um, uh, she does a couple of other things. Uh, first of all, she says, uh, "Has he got a kitchen?" Well, yeah. right, that's yeah, that's another new Isn't one. You know, to me. So, so he's, yeah, so he's getting the idea that this girl's got, you know, something about, her. proves mm-hmm. that. And I must admit, I I've got mixed feelings about it specials, but. When that happened, I, I was thinking, wow, you know, this is going in a different direction than I thought. Uh, I mean, it was a little bit like um, the um, the girl in the fireplace where we suddenly have a horse and you think, what the hell is that doing there? <laughs> um, so, uh, no, I thought that was a very, very, very memorable moment in the whole story there. Uh, and, of course, there's that classic scene of her falling back, of course, then there'll be lots of kids say well well why didn't you just materialize and save her you know right. so she dives into the swimming pool oh no i've done that
1: yeah i mean it's one of those it was one of those necessary things and the, the whole thing of the doctor acting so quickly to to basically she's the rebound girl you know ah she's clever i'm gonna give her a key mm-hmm. yeah. and of course he celebrates too quickly and it gets you know the the, the wind kicked out of his sails um
0: well but she she did to kiss him first in I mean, the mission. I mean there was like an intimate not not an overly not a, a sexual or you know remote, you know it was sort of um I don't know a a friendly kiss if you will. <laughs> and and but then she but then the doctor was sort of you know every you know was sort of a very affectionate towards her as well. I, there, there seemed to be a a definite chemistry between the two.
3: Oh, he got his bow tie
0: a little bit straightened, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he did, the <isn't> <laughs> yes,
3: that, uh, yeah.
0: Bow ties. Are, when she was saying it's getting colder in here, yeah, bow ties are cool. <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, uh, going back, I mean, uh, one of the things about this uh, thing, we, we, I mean, the, it's called the snowmen. The snowmen are supposed to be the the main. Uh, uh, foe in this and of course uh, as things evolve we find out that it's not it's, um, it's this great intelligence I mean the worst scene for me in the story well, well the poorest scene I didn't like uh, that where where the doctor actually goes in and confronts him and tends to be uh, Sherlock Holmes yeah,
0: did- we, uh, and this this no, I was just saying, didn't they also enhance that by putting the Sherlock music, the soundtrack? Um, was it, didn't yeah, Murray it Gold... In, yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm go indeed, ahead. Indeed. Yeah. And, of course, tongue-in-cheek
3: as well. Mark Gatiss is, uh, is involved in the, bringing Sherlock back to our screen. So a bit of a, uh, a tongue-in-cheek joke, I thought. But, I mean, it had been um, talked about, Our prefaced a little bit by when Madame Vastra is on the street earlier, uh, and um uh, they by Dr S- uh, Dr Simeon is called isn't he? Uh confronts mm-hmm. them and he's uh, and he, he, he says oh it's the uh, uh, it's the, the the women the woman uh, the woman who the, uh, the the magazine's um based on and a companion. And um, of course then we get um, uh, almost a Russell T. Daviesm saying uh, i don 't like the fact that you're implying impropriety we're married you know and so
0: yeah well i, I think that the that whole um you know Vastra um and and uh, her wife Jenny and along with um strax the santurn um i I think that the, the chem, you know the, the, that those that trio worked very well you know in this episode it, was, it applied um it, it gave us some comic relief um you know of course uh, strax is very. You, you, unintentionally funny <laughs> and um you know it it's sort of um it it gave that that light heartedness to the to the christmas special so i i i i didn't really have a um the only i guess the only problem i did have was that the people of that time was a little bit too accepting of, of Vastra's reptilian skin you know is that a skin condition i i don't think they were that daft to think that oh it's just a skin condition i mean he's she's obviously a reptile if you look at her skin well just to bring that in have you have you got the um the clip for well the pond bit um i'm not sure which is which we'll we'll play the next one in order which is um this here
6: you know what this is, big fella?
5: I do not understand these markings.
6: A map of the London Underground, 1967. Key strategic weakness in metropolitan living, if you ask me, but then I have never liked a
4: tunnel. Enough of this. We are powerful, but on this planet we are limited. We need to learn to take human form. The government is our most perfect, perfect reputation
6: of humanity. What's happening to its voice? Just stripping away the disguise. No, stop! Stop that! Cease! I command you! It sounds like a child. Of course it sounds like a child. It is a child. Simeon is a child. The snow has no voice without him. Don't listen to him. He's ruining everything. How long has the intelligence
1: been talking to you? I was a little boy. He was my snowman.
0: Oh, it didn't have the pond in it, but it did...
3: No, 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 the pond's a little bit earlier. I can play that in now if you would like.
2: We are the Doctor's friends. We assist him in his isolation, but that does not mean we approve of it. So, a test for you. Give me a message for the Doctor. Tell him all about the snow and what fresh danger you believe it presents. And above all, Explain why he should help you.
6: (laughs) But do it in one word. You're thinking it's
2: impossible such a word exists or that you could even find it.
6: Let's see if the gods are with you. Yes? What? I'm trying to read.
4: Miss Clara and
6: her
4: concerns about
2: the snow. I gave her the one-word test. It oh, was pointless.
6: What did she say? Well,
4: well. Pond.
3: Uh, and I should just say we weren't going to play that clip. But uh, the point is that that was one of the reasons why. Uh, you know, it, 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 what you thought was a rush to judgment to give her the key. You know, it, 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 obviously she, she, we don't know, knew what the word pond had a dual meaning to the doctor, of course, but um, that I think was one of the things that cemented the fact that, you know, there's something about this girl that, that uh, I need to sort of get out of my funk and uh, go and sort out what's happening.
1: Um, wasn't terribly fond of the, the whole uh, pond reference, but you know.
3: Yes. Well, I was just to say. I mean, there's an awful lot of other casts that we haven't mentioned. and We are jumping around a little bit, but I mean, um, we, we 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 find out, of course, that uh, Clara when when we see her, she's in the uh, you know working as a barmaid, but she's actually on a break from her main job, that she's a nanny, and this becomes without spoiling it for other episodes, you know, the fact that she's a nanny is an important part of her personality and makeup. Uh, and, of course, she uh, she works for Captain Latimer, played by uh, the marvellous Tom Ward. Mm. Uh, Tom Ward is, uh, uh, was in Silent Witness for about ten years. He's left it now. And he was in a brilliant, brilliant series called um, The Infinite Worlds of H.G. Wells, which is a marvellous series. Uh, and then I'm sure uh, Ian in a minute will tell us about his, his maid servant that worked for him. But th- then we have the two children um, played by, uh, was it Ellie, Darcy, Aidan and um, Joseph, uh, are actually real life brother and sister. So they played the mm-hmm. part of uh, the, the, the two kids the Tom Ward Captain Lambert's mm-hmm. ch- children so that were, that was all there Ian do you want to just mention a little bit about your little uh, uniform friend <laughs>
1: uh, yes uh, the, the maid of the house was played by uh, Liz White um, those of you uh, in the know will remember her uh, from Life on Mars um, where uh, yeah she played any car right? oh. Um she's absolutely gorgeous
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) she she played uh, Alice she was
1: funny especially especially when everybody came came to the house you know she opens the door his manifestra and and then she turns around and there's Strax out of my way, boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, she he says, yeah, this, no, she this, called her uh, human scum, if I recall correctly. It's, it's yeah, just human, like,
1: out of my way, <laughs> human
3: scum. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I was enjoying the, this whole story until we we got back to the house. And then I, I must admit, I felt, and this is the scene where, of course, where the the, the ice creatures come out of the, uh, the out pond. Of the pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but prior to that, um, uh, Clara's... Talking to the children in the bedroom because, of course, we found the other factor involved in this is the fact that she's having nightmares. The young girl, and it's the nightmares that are feeding this this thing in the pond, and bring it to life. And of course, the great intelligence wants this body because this is going to be the template for a whole army. Because, of course, the snowmen are, are just too ephemeral; they, they just won't last. And um, and of course. She thinks the Doctor's about to come, and then this creature comes in, um, and then we have... It gets a little bit bizarre, and then I didn't particularly like... I mean, I love Strax and Madame Vastra, but um, the the door opens, and they they make this outlandish statement, like, I'm an alien detective, and this is my wife, and all this. Uh, And I did start to feel then, when I was watching it, even the first time, that there were like three or four little, what if we were in a political environment we would call the you know sound bites. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were little scenes that you felt, oh th- that's for the trailer, that's for the trailer because it'll look good, but it didn't actually sound right or play right as, as the story was unfolding. But you could almost spot it as, oh that's a ten-second clip they're going to use. That's a ten-second clip that, that, that they were going to use. Or had indeed already used. Um, so I, I, I thought it was a little bit bizarre at that point. But, I mean, it, to me, without getting to a summing up point just at the moment, this was probably about the best uh, Christmas special that I've enjoyed. Uh, but I, I don't really... Because they, they, because they can break the rules and have sentiment and this, that and the other. We've had so many times when, you know, love has conquered all art, this has conquered all art. Uh, you know, going back to the victory of the Daleks, if I could even mention that, uh, you know, where um, just emotion rules the day. And we get to this stage where really the doctor doesn't solve any of these problems. Uh, they get solved by some emotion or something. So, um I don't know how far along we are in terms of uh, talking about the story as a whole, but I, I did feel it was a, a, a great cast, as I say. We've mentioned Richard East Grant, we've, uh, we've mentioned Tom Waugh, we've mentioned uh, uh, Ian McKellen. Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else of a, a major character part that, that we haven't really talked about. But um,
0: Well, uh, but as far as the, 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 the character itself of the great intelligence, I thought was interesting bringing now this was like I said there was two Troutman stories that had the great intelligence in it and now I had naturally at first thought this was going to be a sequel to those but when the doctor put the ice um, elements in that London Underground tin and it had a map of the underground from 1967 and showed it to the great intelligence there was no remembrance of it you know because for those that don't know in, in the Web of Fear which is a lost episode that they just found which made me think. Now, when did they find this lost episode? Could have been before this story, and was this sort of like wetting your appetite for the release of the Web of Fear? I don't know. That's just pure speculation. Uh, those rumors have been around for a while. did. So, but the, the, the intelligence had no memory of, of the underground. So, in a sense, maybe this was sort of introducing. Yeah,
3: because he did no cuz he can't time travel presumably if this is 18 oh if this is 18... okay
0: 92 all right. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that okay. I. The, I it, it's the time travel element. Okay. Yeah. The, the, um, that's
3: going to be one. Of, that's it's the okay. ether at the moment. That's going to be one of its schemes for its future. So this happened first. So
0: was in, that deliberate, the Doctor, in the, in the, in the, using that tin? Do you think that was? Uh, did he make the connection? Did he, no.
3: No, because he makes the. No, he makes the. I think he makes the connection afterwards. Yeah. Uh, when when they're at the graveside, mm-hmm. when they're at the graveside, uh, when things are over and somebody says uh, somebody said um, I think Jenny says to the doctor is the great intelligence uh, destroyed now is it dispersed or it can't do any harm now it's dispersed and then uh, and then uh, Madame Vastra says well yeah it might it might have found out that there's another weakness under London so I think the timelines are right on that
0: yeah so in a sense it's a prequel to um, the, the Troughton stories in
3: terms of uh, the normal progression of time, yes.
0: Yeah, I, at least for Web of Fear. I'm not sure, um, I can't recall now when the other, the, the, um, the Himalaya story the, 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 that introduced the, the Yeti um, when that takes place. I, I, I know it was Tibet, but I can't remember time-wise.
6: How can you still exist? Now the dream outlives the dreamer and can never
5: die. Once I was the puppet... Now I pull the strings.
6: I tried
5: so long to take, take on human
6: form. By raising Simeon, you, you made me. space for me.
5: I flew him now.
4: More than Snow, more than Simeon, even this old body is strong in
5: my control. Hey! Do you feel it? (laughs) Winter (laughs) is coming. Ah! Winter Ah! is
1: coming! Ah! Ah! I'll sit another space at the table then.
2: He's dead. What happened?
5: The snow
6: mirrors. That's all it does. It's mirroring something else now, something so strong, it's drowning everything else. There was a critical mass of snow at the house. If, if something happened there... Salty. Saltwater rain. It's not raining. It's crying only force on earth who could drown the snow A whole family crying on Christmas Eve
0: I don't know about that <laughs> yeah well this
3: is it the thing is the doctor doesn't solve the problem does he I mean, we, we've had a few of these where it's either the sacrifice of a companion or, or something else I mean um, he's, he, he's not necessarily being the person who, who, who solves things he explains what's happened but he hasn't actually made it coming to to being, as it were.
0: I think this story sort of suffers from a lot of people who complained about Star Trek The Motion Picture, where you had an adversary that you didn't really see. It wasn't in person. I mean, you had okay, you had Dr. Simen, who Richard D. Grant played, that personified the great intelligence. But, I don't know, it seemed like we were fighting an invisible enemy. That's not to be confused with another Doctor Who story. But it's... um, I, I didn't get a really overall sense of danger um i i I really enjoyed this story but the weakness to me was as I said at the beginning of this review was the threat was the villains was the adversary just it, um it just it seemed a little shallow and um it, it just didn't materialize enough for me to but I, again I granted it, it's it's a christmas story I, I guess you can't you have you know Something that's too fearful or, or too scary, I guess. I don't know, but I think that's the the, the, the weakest element for me in in the story. But otherwise, I enjoy. And you know, what? and going back to Clara, it was interesting watching it now because now that we've seen, you know, watching it the first time was before we see we understood who Clara, the aspect of Clara in this story where she originates from. You know, it was still a big mystery. So now that we know. You know after we 've seen um, the name of the doctor, you know now we know you know why this is and who she is so it 's interesting seeing her now from from that perspective and it, it made the episode a little bit more fresher because i 'm seeing her differently now, knowing who she is
3: well it certainly yeah i mean it, it actually um, reinvigorates the whole story i mean. Yeah, it's it's very difficult when you're watching this to 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 to, because when I watch new episodes of Doctor Who, and certainly when I watch Christmas ones, you know, I I really am a little bit concerned about you know whether they're just going to uh, go fall out, fall tilt, change the rules for Christmas. I must admit, this this particular story um, stands up better to me. Than many of the others, mm-hmm. even though uh, some of the things are a little bit twee, I don't like that resolution. But um, the way that it's cast, the way that the the, the whole lead up plays in, I think it's very good. And of course, it, it gets bonus points for the new TARDIS and the new
4: yes, yeah, that there, There's like. lots but of significance. The thing is,
3: as well, yeah. The thing is, we had to have a reaction on screen to what had happened to the Doctor prior to this storyline, mm-hmm. Not being spoilers to the the episode prior. Let me just uh, quickly say, of course, it was the the, the previous episode had been the um, Angels Take Manhattan, hadn't it? Yes. Where you know certain events had unfolded. So we had to have this. We're almost a, a, a little bit like when we saw the Ninth Doctor. That's how the 11th Doctor is not the start of this. He's like the 9th Doctor. He's, yeah. he's a wounded and a, a soul. He's, he's, he can't stand any more loss and what have you. And um, the, the whole... And when you, if you do play that last clip, uh, we get the feeling that, you know, suddenly uh, his intellectual light has been switched on again and his, his desire to live has been switched on again because he now has a mystery. I never knew her name, her full name...
2: Oswin Oswald, Junior Entertainment Manager, Starship Alaska.
6: Souffle girl. Oswin. It was her.
2: Her run, you clever boy.
6: I never saw her face the first time with the Daleks, but her voice. It was the same voice. Doctor! The same woman. Twice. And she died both times. The same woman! Doctor, please, what are you talking about? Something's going on. Something impossible. Something... Right. You two stay here. Stay Stay right here. Don't move an inch. Are you coming back? Shouldn't think so. But where are you going?
5: To find her. To
2: find Clara. What <laughs> Clara's date? What's he talking about? Finding her. I don't know. But perhaps the universe makes bargains after all.
6: Where are you going? Shortcuts. Through there? I hate this place. Don't you think it's creepy?
2: Nah. I don't believe in ghosts.
3: And so having had this sad death during the course of the story, we have an opportunity there for an upbeat ending, which right. I think um, mm-hmm. is really needed. Because I mean, let's face it—we've had stories where singers die singing to uh, whales, don't we? Or singing to uh, sharks, rather.
0: Yeah. And and you want something upbeat for the for the Christmas story, you know? You want to lift You want to? Well, at least
3: to end on an upbeat. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Even
3: if you have sadness and loss within it.
0: Right. And and well, will we see Clara again at the end? Well, we we assume that's her. You know, again, and she's by her tombstone. <laughs> so we know that, you know, we're, 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 you know, she, even though she's dead, we're 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 not, you know, we're not, we're going to see her again. We don't know how or how it's all, you know, how this is all going to unfold. But it gives us hope, and it gave the Doctor hope, mm-hmm. and now and, and a new mystery to solve. Yep. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to give it um, as far as Tardis groans. Um, I, I, it's it's a strong maybe three and a half to four TARDIS groans. I, I'm going to say four because of the significance of um, you know, Clara or the, the TARDIS interior, some of the um, um, Richard E. Grant uh, Ian um, McCallum um, I mean, there's a lot of good elements in here like I said, I, I just thought the adversary and the, the villains weren't strong enough or it, the threat wasn't really there for me. I didn't, I didn't really feel it, but uh, the, and also the, the the chemistry of Vastra and her friends and that sort of comical thing, you, you know, again, with the holiday spirit and all that, I thought it was good. It's just the the, the great intelligence I just don't find as a really compelling threat. Um, so I'll, I'll give it, like I said, three and a half to four TARDIS groans. Um, I'm,
1: I'm going to give it four. Or the Five Titans There was just a couple of things that really kind of, you know, the whole Doctor Who thing being quite self-referential. It seems to be popping up all the place. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, that was a bit overused. uh, Doctor Who?
1: Mm. who? I don't really. (laughs) I want to do that
0: again.
1: (laughs) Uh, But, you know, Strax makes up for it, and so does the memory worm. And so does the memory worm.
0: (laughs) I was waiting for that.
1: (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, Didn't want to disappoint. But no, it's a good one. Uh, like I said, it's uh, probably one of the more Christmasy ones that we've had. Um, a nice little setting without whacking you over the head with it. Um, did like the uh, uh, one word answer uh, quiz. I so thought that was quite clever.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that was interesting.
1: Except the bit. Yeah. I just thought that was a bit too kind of, oh, God, we had to bring up her. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> we know you're, you're... It's not that important. <laughs> Your you feelings on the pond happy. are not, are not um, yeah. hidden from us.
1: Yes, my, my, my feelings on the ponds are rather frigid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of frozen uh, over. But yeah, four out of five for me. Right.
3: Well, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of round us out on that then. I, I would say I'd give the story three out of five, but it gets the extra one for the new TARDIS, the new credits. I mean, it's, it's a sweet, isn't it? Because Jenna Louise Coleman comes here, she's she just leaps out of the TV. She's absolutely marvellous. Uh, one of the things that just to... Because to, Ian keeps going on about the ponds, he's so mad on them. Um, <laughs> the actress there... I think she learned to act during the course of being companion. And towards the end, I thought, I thought she was an excellent companion and an extra actress. But I do feel as though generally Louise Coleman, you know, from really from the start, uh, uh, the camera just loves her. And uh, yet mind. she's got that, she's got that range uh, of emotions. Um, again, she did seem to have that sort of little secret smile across her face all the way through, which I interpreted to the fact that she may know that she wasn't a girl of that time. But it seemed as no, not she... As far as she was concerned, she was living her life, even though she had a little bit of a... You know, she had a little bit of starlight in her eyes or whatever. It's only towards the death scene that um, uh, there seemed to be this connection coming, the... Uh, the way she she uttered those words, so there was a there was an awful lot of downside to it. But that last clip that you played, where you know it, it's invigorated the doctor, and we feel as though all is not lost. We feel as though this is a, you know a souffle girl twice, and uh, there's a lot of promise. And it's it, it's basically the springboard. For the series that's then going to follow, so I, I think, on balance, it deserves a four out of five.
0: Very good. All right. Well, that's our review of the Snowman, and we're looking forward to this year's uh, Christmas special, which is, uh, I we assume, will be once again December twenty-fifth. Uh, if not, maybe the day before or after, but most likely then we'll look forward to that. We don't, you know, we don't have any inside information on what we'll, that will be about, but you know it'll be interesting seeing, seeing how the 50th anniversary special sort of ends, and we we'll assume that the Christmas special will pick up from that.
3: Well, I mean, I know you've got plans to catch up with Podshock and and all that's been missed, but uh, are we, for our listeners, at least going to bookend? The series and go for the
0: name of the doctor. Well, that's that was our thinking. If we can get this episode out and then the next before um, the, um, the the um, the day of the doctor, then we can <laughs> we can do the bookends and then work our way in the middle. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, what, can, what, I, what, I mean, if I, unless our listeners that's think that's... otherwise, I mean, should we go to um, the next? Should we review the next episode or, or jump to the name of the Doctor right before, you know, and get that episode out, episode out to you before um, the day of the Doctor?
3: Well, I think it book would book be a good booker. scene setter, but there you go.
0: Yeah, no, I, you know, we, we sort of debated which one we should do first on this episode. we got plenty to cover and now we've got new episodes on top of that. So um, we're, we're, our reviews are going to be kind of like we're going to be traveling back and forth in time. <laughs> We're gonna go, uh, you know. We'll have an ice rory on one day, and then we'll have um, John Hurt the other. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see where where things go, but um, it's going to be interesting nonetheless. And then we got the lost episodes of Troughton to cover as well. There's lots lots of exciting new Doctor Who coming your way, and. Well, I guess with that further ado, we should get to feedback. Um, I know we're running sort of late here. So um, I, we do appreciate everyone's um, um, well wishes of the return of Dr. Hupanichok. Um I know a lot of people on on Twitter and Facebook and on our website have been uh, posting messages welcoming us back and um, being thankful that, you know, that, that we recovered from the storm. And and I appreciate it very much. You know, so to to that point, we did get a couple of messages on you know um welcoming us back and i'd like to play that to you for i'd like to play those to you now
4: hi lewis this is trevor smith calling in from nottingham here in the uk saying welcome back welcome back welcome back great to have uh Podshock back on the airs again after such a, a long time away uh this is sort of irony I've, I've listened to your first post sunday broadcast Uh, the day after we've had a bit of a battering storm um, reach the UK over here. Thankfully nowhere near as damaging as what uh, you had over there. Uh, It was really sad to hear what had happened to New York uh, last year because it only been a couple of years previously. I've been in New York for Halloween for my 50th birthday and we walked around in in T-shirts. I remember walking around uh, Central Park in a Dalek T-shirt in beautiful sunny weather, so it was such a shock to see what happened to me two years later, but it's good that you recovered and are on the way back and there's going to be a brand new pod shop. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope there's going to be reviews of uh, the forthcoming Doctor Who goodies to celebrate the 50th anniversary, namely Mark Gatiss' An Adventure in Time and Space, um, the, uh, Day of, the Day of the Doctor 50th anniversary, and... Uh, of course, the fourth Queen Christmas with the regeneration and the first chance to see the twelfth Doctor, Peter Capaldi. We're looking forward to it. Glad to have you back, uh, Lewis, and hope to hear more soon. Thanks.
0: And Bye. Th- thank you, Trevor. Yeah, it's um. Oh, yeah. Oh, my it 's as i 've been saying it 's great to be back and we we did suffer a lot of damage here in the New York area, especially those on the coastal areas and uh you know i guess unfortunately i 'm one of those in in that um, in those areas here not not far from me is uh is the long beach boardwalk, which was completely devastated and, and destroyed it 's um it's four miles, well, it's, it's about two miles, um, long. I I used to bike it and I would do four miles or maybe four miles and change if you go from one end to the other and back again. So it's a significant boardwalk. It's not just, you know, and it's, it's been there for at least 75 years or whatever. It's, it's, um, historical. And just to see that completely, Gobbled up by the storm and, and destroyed i mean and that's just you know the there other uh, this um and I don't mean just to focus on New York, but New Jersey was hit pretty bad as well And they they've, they've been they were um there was a roller coaster that found its way in the ocean because, and, and there, there's, if you search the internet, you'll see these photographs of the roller coaster still sitting in the ocean because it, the, it was on a like a, a boardwalk itself, a, a pier, and that was destroyed, and the ocean took the the, the, the rides that were on that because it was like an amusement park. Um, forgive me, I don't remember the, the actual town um, offhand. So, you know, it's, it's the, and as far as like New York City goes, you, um, you mentioned Central Park, um, the city um, itself, uh, there are certain areas of the city that were, hit, especially like anything underground, subway stations were flooded. The, um, certain lines didn't open up until months and months and months later. So it, it was devastating to um, lots of areas, especially any, anywhere that's close to the water. But we're, we're recovering. You know, the boardwalk just, the, I mentioned the Long Beach boardwalk. It, it Just this month, they reopened it. You know, it took a year, a little bit more than a year, but they finally reopened the, the boardwalk. So that's, the boardwalk is back. So they rebuilt it. M- moving ahead, this is another welcome back message. This, was one, this one's from Anthony Birch, who's been on the show um, several times. And um, I, I think he's a person that needs no more introduction. So I'll let him speak for himself here.
5: Greetings, Louis Trapani. This is Anthony Burge. How are you today? This is my feedback for episode 282 of Doctor Who Podshock. Uh, your listeners may know me as a past contributor uh, for Doctor Who Podshock and the Colton Collective, and also as the editor and author of The Mythological Dimensions of Doctor Who and The Mythological Dimensions of Neil Gaiman. Lewis, it is so fantastic to hear you come back to Dr. Who Podshock and bring it back after a year-long hiatus due to the effects of Superstorm Sandy upon your home and your area and that we've all missed you, Jesse and myself, and I'm sure every listener of Dr. Who podchock And that uh, thank you for keeping the surprises of your situation over the last year with your Tumblr blog and uh, Facebook and Twitter updates. I know it's been a long, hard road and... And we've done our best to keep in touch and hopefully help to keep your spirits up to get you to this point, and uh, to hear your voice on Doctor Who PodShock, you sound very large in spirit and uh, very happy to be back. And we we hope to continue to hear your voice and, and your news and everything Doctor Who related for Doctor Who PodShock. I want to offer a few thoughts on uh, episode 282 and a little uh, bit of news from our end. First, uh, with episode 282, I think it's absolutely fantastic that you're able to provide a lost episode for us listeners. Um, now you're on par with some of the lost episodes of Doctor Who. And uh, you're opening, recording Podshock inside a pod. It has lots of... I'm sure, jokes to come, uh, you know, just the idea of metaphor and and recording Podjock inside a pod, which you, you joke about in the episode. But ultimately, it's great to hear that the, the pot is empty and your home is uh, returning to a bit of normalcy, and that your recovery efforts are, are near an end or if fully ended. And um, I we're so very happy to hear that uh, to no end. And uh, it's always great to see that you have an episode fully for us um, and. I love the coverage that you provided for the audiobooks and for the Doctor Who book, and it's great to hear, which I knew of, Astrology by uh, the Tin Dog, and um, that you were able to give away a copy of our book, uh, The Mythological Dimensions of Neil Gaiman. And I'm very grateful for the uh, feedback that Justin provided towards the end of the episode uh, that he says he liked it, enjoyed it. It's always good to hear that, you know, someone felt that way over our book. And if they didn't, then I'd love to hear some constructive criticism. So how to do do better next time it's always good to hear your voice and the report you have with uh, Dave A.C. Cooper from the Colton Collective and and the hosting that you guys do, which is just absolutely fantastic. As you know, I'll always hold Dr. Who Podshocked near and dear to my heart. I think you know why. Um, As... We can go back in time and state that at one time I had a concussion, and I was up in bed for almost eight weeks, and I was listening to back episodes of Dr. Who Podshock. This is during the editing process of the mythological dimension of Dr. Who, and I'm so very grateful to have listened to you, Ken, James, Dave, and everybody else on Doctor Who Podshock and help get my cognitive functions back up and running, uh, as I don't have a positronic matrix like Data. Um, Some other news that you may or may not be aware of, since you've uh, featured slightly the Mythological Dimensions of Neil Gaiman on Doctor Who Podshock 2A2, Kitsune Books has since closed. December 31st, 2012, they closed, and the rights to our books reverted back to Jessica, myself, and Christine. This was due to Ann Petty, our editor and publisher, uh, falling ill, and um, we lost her a few months ago over the summer. Um, She passed away, unfortunately. Since then, Jesse and I have created our own imprint, publishing imprint called Myth Ink Books. And inc books uh, we consider being purveyors of the weird, eclectic, and strange. Uh, we have the two books that we've republished, The Mythological Dimensions of Doctor Who and The Mythological Dimensions of Neil Gaiman, which won an award in December of 2012 from the Florida Publishing Association. It's the gold President's gold medal in the category of science fiction and fantasy. And I'm very grateful for that and that uh very happy that Ann Petty was able to see that awarded for her publishing house at that time before her passing. Um, But we also recently published our first book of short stories, The Friendly Horror and Other Weird Tales, which we're very grateful to Dave Cooper for covering in the Colton Collective. Um, But special to Podshock that I will... Let you know now is I'm currently working on a full website for Myth Inc books, and right now it's only linkable, you know, with information about our publications on our website for Comfrey Chair. Comfy Chair being our geek blog. It's comfychairzine.blogspot.com. Mythinkbooks.com is coming very soon. And there will be an announcement for a new collection. We decided to retire the Mythological Dimension series since that was exclusive to Kitsune Books. And Jesse and I have just recently come up with a title for a new series of books that will cover a variety of um, interests that we have and hopefully to the reading public. Public. The first this series of books is going to be called Ambassadors of Geekdom, and the first volume of Ambassadors of Geekdom will be dedicated to Doctor Who. Uh, This volume will be very much different in tone to the mythological dimensions of Doctor Who and Neil Gaiman. We'll of course have some opinion pieces, and perhaps an academic scholarly piece or two, but we really wanted to open it more to the uh, fandom in general, and have essays on cosplay, on gaming, on podcasting, whatever way um quote unquote geeks express their fandom for something they love. In this volume being Doctor Who. So yes, first Podshock's the first to learn that Ambassadors of Geekdom is a new volume of a uh, series of books that will be forthcoming from Myth Inc. Books, the first volume dedicated to Doctor Who. Uh, Jesse and I are very excited about this. All of the information on how to contribute, all the details will be coming up on MythInkBooks.com, which is not ready just to launch, but I'll let you guys know when it's launched and when the information is available. But just want to let your listeners know exclusively that this is forthcoming. So, again, uh, Lewis, I thank you very much for staying in touch and letting us know how you're doing and for your updates on your recovery efforts. And uh, I look forward to being able to provide Dr. Who with some reports from the upcoming Long Island Dr. Who Con taking place uh, November 8th through the 10th. Um, Doctor Who Podshock is the first podcast I've ever reported for and um, I've reported for Colton Collective and I write currently for uh, Doctor Who Archive and I do blog for Gallifrey Embassy but I'm very grateful for all the support you have lent us for our work and shall continue to do so for Doctor Who Podshock This is Anthony Burge, signing out
0: Thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you for your support. It's been an ongoing effort, and I I do thank you.
3: Okay, let me um, just add in there, because obviously um, uh, it's difficult getting towards uh, all the feedback. Just to say, of course, that Long Island Who event did go ahead, and they've already announced that there will be a Long Island 2, and I think that's going to be from the 8th to the 10th of November. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, There's... Uh, seventh to the ninth. Sorry, the seventh to the ninth in 2014. It was this year's that was the eighth to the tenth. So um, th- that was the one he was referring to that uh, he went to. J- just a quick shout out for the Cult and Collective. If you look on our feeds, you'll find uh, uh, we've done interviews with them on the two Mythic books and uh, and their latest, as he said. From sorry, with Mythic books, the Friendly Horror and other weird things. Yeah,
0: and Condolences so on um, you, on the.
3: If you search our feed for that.
0: Yeah, I was just uh, condolences on the on the publisher of uh, um, you know Kitson uh, books. That's tragic that she um, passed so you know as uh, two minus sending so young. So other than that, good stuff. I'm glad to hear that that there's new works. And I believe that he has uh, Anthony posted on since he left this feedback. Um, since then, he posted on our website potchock.net, a call out for contributors for another new book, I believe, and um, you can go to, you know, as I said, pachak.net or gallivarinemacy.org and um, check his blog. He has a blog there where um, he he has a call out for um, contributors.
3: Yeah, Dr. Who, Ambassadors of Geekdom.
0: Yeah. Yes, that's it. Thank you. All right. Well, we have, um, we're going to, this is um, someone that called into the Dr. Who public call box. You can call anytime you want to leave feedback, uh, feel free to call that. It's um, um, the the number for the Pachok public call box is 206-350-6463 and uh it feel it's it works as voicemail just feel free to use it anytime day or night and you can call and leave um voicemail you can leave a message there for feedback uh just realize it's a 206 number in the us so uh, if phone rates apply to you just be aware of that um so we got um, three messages from one person who unfortunately didn't leave his name so i I don't mean to be rude by not including his name. I just don't know it. So, um, and and it's pretty much, um, the, the three are kind of linked together, you know, are related to each, uh, each other. So I'm just going to play them consecutively one after the other. So
6: I have a lot of ideas for Doctor Who that we knew. I think we should meet the Weeping Angels again and the Doctor sees them and completely flips out about that about Amy and Rory, that would be kind of a good idea I thought about. That's kind of all the ideas I can think about right now. Thank you for, I hope you can try to get this on the show for me. It would kind of make me really happy. Thank you. Bye. I have another idea that after a few days, few weeks after the anniversary, 50th anniversary, the 11th Doctor meets the first Doctor we get the same actor. To the first doctor in the anniversary special to play him. They meet each other. Oops. Bye. Hi, I have a perfect idea. Like, maybe they should pay tribute to Elizabeth Sladen with a special episode or something. That'd be a good idea. I don't know. What I can think of right now, because since tomorrow, it's the 19th, when she died April 19th, 2011. And, yeah. Bye. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you. I should explain that these uh, these messages, these feedbacks, came back came to us between uh, February and April of, of of this year. So that's uh, if they seem a little dated, that's because um, he he's, was referencing um, Elizabeth Sladen's death, which I believe happened in April. Um, so it was on on the anniversary. Um, uh, there's some good ideas that would be great. You know, if they did utilize um, the actor that's playing the first Doctor in Adventures in Time and Space in the actual series and have him meet up with the first Doctor, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's it's um, it's an interesting idea. Date. so uh, thank you for your contribution unfortunately when if you leave feedback just please include it doesn't have to be your full name just your first name just so I can you know we can refer to you as you know your name and not just someone that calls <laughs> so uh, but thank you um, the person that didn't leave his name thank you for calling and, and making contributions and um, it's 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 cool that you did thank you and, uh, and uh, we'll see what the 50th anniversary um, has for us and what's going to come after that uh, just another note on feedback. Uh, we want to hear from you. Since, speaking of the 50th anniversary, um, we want to hear how you're going to be celebrating the 50, 50th anniversary. Are you doing a party? Are you doing a marathon? Are you pulling out some favorite episodes of in your collection, be it on DVD or Blu-ray or even VHS, and watching those over again? Are you doing anything special to celebrate 50 years of Doctor Who? Um, or in, even if you're not doing anything special, anything out of the ordinary, what does 50 years of Doctor Who mean to you? And um, you could. We want to hear what your feedback is and, and what your thoughts are about this anniversary year. And even though the twenty third is the is the actual anniversary, um, I think we can celebrate the anniversary for the whole year. And and so you know, it, it don't feel if 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 you're listening to this show after the twenty third, don't feel that you missed the boat. Still, please send in your feedback. We want to hear what what fifty years of Doctor Who means to you. All right. Well, I think that's going to round out this show. Um, I know we, we've um, between the feedback and, um, and and whatnot, we have we made reference to the Colton Collective. You'll find these two fine gentlemen, Ian and Dave, running the Coltum Collective week after week on Sunday on Talk right Show.
1: The Collective. What was that? Makes it sound so organized.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are organized. Dave, did you want to give our listeners the um, the Talk Show ID and how people can catch the oh, I well!
3: will. Yes, wake up, everybody.
0: <laughs> Wait, no, just just wake up no. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> <talking>. <laughs> now that you're all oh, falling asleep. Right there. <laughs> 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 yep, that's yeah, called
3: the podcast. We go out live every Sunday at uh, 2, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as it now is, but whatever whether it's standard time or summertime, whenever that is. Um. Yeah, seems a long time ago now, Summer. Uh, so it's call ID Good 5... Clock. I don't know where you yeah. are. Good call, yeah. <laughs> it's call ID 54821. There are now well over 400 episodes, 415 episodes up. And if you go to Zaban.com, if you're only interested in our commentaries, you'll find those there. Not just Doctor Who, but of other things. Because one of the things about the cult Collective is that we cover... Yeah, we can be boring about anything. We don't just bore about Doctor Who. So, give right. that. And we have a blog at com. And we have, of course, a... Uh, Twitter account, and that is simply Colton.
0: Oh, very good. And, uh, and our site once again is uh, Pachak.net or GallifredAmbassy.org, and uh, we we also have a Twitter account too at Pachak. You can follow that too. Um, also on Facebook and all the usual places, and um, and we don't beg people for likes and all that. We're, we're, if, I think if we do a good show, I, it, it's like you, you can you can you can like us without us asking for it so but um once again thank you i know it's been a long show i want to thank you both um ian and, and dave for especially i mean well both of you but i know dave it's five in the morning in the uk there for you so when he wasn't kidding when he said he had to wake up <laughs> 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 what was that Ian? i'm sorry
1: that he's not getting any younger oh
0: well <laughs> we well, saw that i'm looking for, none, for the hundredth anniversary of Dr. yeah none of us are getting any younger
1: because yeah, he wants to know what what Doctor Doctor Who feels like when it gets to be as old as he is now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I've
3: decided, Ian, what you want to buy me for Christmas is a five hundred year diary.
1: <laughs> Another <laughs> one.
3: <laughs> yeah, the second one's full. The first one's full.
1: <laughs> uh, thanks for having us on, and uh, yeah, we enjoyed ourselves. Well, thank you once again. Too much.
0: All right, so I I guess the next we're jumping ahead to uh, name of the not name of the yeah name of the doctor. Um, I guess will be our next uh, review. So and then we'll fill in you know in between there. So it's like an Oreo cookie of um, biscuit, if you will, of um, Doctor Who reviews. So until next time, um, cheers everyone. Bye. Bye. Just hours after we finished recording this episode of Doctor Who Podshock, the Doctor Who mini-episode, The Night of the Doctor, was released, much to our surprise. This was like no other mini-episode that came before. This rocked our world. Now, if you haven't seen it yet, which I doubt you made it through the end of this podcast without um, having seen it yet, so. but if you haven't, it's available on our website, podshock.net. Now, what I say, henceforth, will be spoilery if you haven't seen it yet, so give yourself, you know, that's fair warning right now. I'm giving you fair warning. Wow. Okay, so, um, we've had many episodes that preceded full-length episodes before of Doctor Who. They call them prequels, though, since they're actually released before the actual episode, they're more like prologues or preludes, um... But that's neither here or there now. Um, They will often have characters outside of the Doctor and his companion or companions. But so at times, they do feature the Doctor. Now, if it was the 11th Doctor, or even the 10th Doctor for this mini-episode, The Night of the Doctor, on the cusp of the release of the Day of the Doctor, it would be somewhat expected. Even if it featured John Hurt, it would be interesting but not all that surprising. What was surprising is that the mini-episode features the 8th Doctor. Yes, Paul McGann as the Doctor. Wow, what a delight. We've had so little screen time of McGann as the Doctor. Could this be true? (laughs) Was it really happening? Was this really the 8th Doctor? I thought I was dreaming. For the many years that Dr. Upachak has been around, we've constantly got feedback suggesting how great it would be to have Paul back in the series perhaps not as a a, in a multi-doctor story since at the time it seemed very there was resistance to that idea um, especially when Russell T. Davies was the showrunner so you know we suggested maybe as a flashback episode I remember saying that since we were getting all these Doctor Light episodes each year why not use McGann for one of them well we'll do a full review of this mini episode next time I thought it would just—I thought I would just add some comments he attacked to the end of this episode, since it was already in post-production at the time. Uh, what is—it's it, such a great gift to all Doctor Who fans and and to Paul McGann. This was released on his birthday. I don't know if that was deliberate or coincidental. I—I would like to believe it was—it was the former. Not only were we treated to more screen time with the Eighth Doctor, just you know, which before we only had the nineteen ninety-six. TV movie. Uh, He was signed on for five years at that time to follow, you know, with a series to follow the TV movie, but unfortunately that series never came to be. It wasn't until almost like a decade later before Doctor Who returned to our screens with Christopher Eccleston playing the Ninth Doctor. So not only are we treated to more time with the Eighth Doctor, uh, we also revisit the Sisterhood of Khan, which goes back to The Brain of Morbius, a fourth Doctor story uh, story starring Tom Baker. So I'm pleased that they're utilizing them again. I, I thought they were a great um, story element back then, and it's it's great to see them back. And it it bridges everything together. Um, this mini episode bridges the gaps between Doctor Who old and new, and in between, all within a few minutes. Now Doctor Who fans are petitioning for more Eighth Doctor stories on TV. I don't know if that will happen, but I for one would welcome it. Anyway, we'll do more. We'll, we'll talk more about this in our next episode. Uh, this one, this episode of Dr. Bupachuk is running a bit long, I do apologize for that. I even had to cut out a big segment from it. Uh, we'll, you know, put that back in another time. So come back next time for more discussions on The Night of the Doctor, the mini-episode, and we'll be reviewing the series finale that was on earlier this year, The Name of the Doctor, as a lead-in to The Day of the Doctor. So many doctors, so little time. Will it hurt? Yes. (laughs) Anyway, until next time, cheers, everyone. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan run GallifreyNMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Pachak is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Dr. Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the PodChock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. Dr.
4: Who Podshock
5: Yes?
6: What? I'm trying to read.
4: Miss Clara and her concerns about the snow?
6: I gave her
2: the one word test. Oh, it
6: was pointless. What did she say? Well. Well.
4: Pond.